My name is Jakia. How are you doing today? This is Jasmine. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Hey, that's good. the latest what's been going on with you okay so i had this new discovery you know i like documentaries i do it's a new documentary on the black panthers <laughs> my favorite something, <laughs> something that you know they don't talk about much in history books if they get it all i can't recall while i was in elementary school or in grade school or whatnot but yeah i was on ebony.com and i saw this like little behind the scenes video <laughs> went to the website saw this like saw the trailer it just looks awesome i was immediately inspired and did it take you away it did, it did. <laughs> so um yeah the family's been doing pretty good so far i know it was in a couple of film festivals in the past few months and it's gonna be in some i know like in the fall heading into the winter and whatnot hope mm -hmm. i can see it at the end of this month so yeah the black panther movie is it it just looks awesome that's something I'm really looking forward to getting into and seeing myself, um, you know, currently reading Revolutionary Suicide by Huey P. himself, um, the founder of the Black Panther Party, who was taken away from us a little too early. But I'm very interested in seeing this, and um, I want to see how it's portrayed. Yeah. Because, you know, they don't really talk about it a lot. I feel like it's a very profound, like, movement mm -hmm. in American history. Well, you know, I feel like it is, too. I mean, it just, it, it showed togetherness and empowerment. And you can love your people and not hate other people. You know, that's, mm -hmm. they try to make it seem like it was a hateful thing. But the Black Panther Party was just like, hey, we got to look out for ourselves if nobody else is looking out for us. That doesn't necessarily mean that we hate other people. But if you come into us with hate telling us that you want to get rid of us, then we got to protect ourselves. That's where all, by any means necessary, comes from. By any means necessary, we have to protect our loved ones. Just like you want to take us out, we got to protect ourselves against you. Not necessarily all people, but just the threatening ones. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, they seem like they go from like the beginning of the Panther Party to like kind of like the downfall, like mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end. Because you know, there's a lot of uprising. The government didn't really approve mm -hmm. of the party and whatnot. So yeah, I think it's gonna be a pretty good film, man. Mm -hmm. I, it's just a lot of good films out there. A lot of good documentaries coming out. I feel like the t the the films that are coming out are really reminiscent of the times we live in. So yeah. and I'll put an insert right there that Mississippi Dam movie mm -hmm. uh, on Netflix. Yes, it's on Netflix. Uh, it really touched close to home because, first of all, you know, we are from Alabama. Mm. And you do find people who are in the situations that you see in this movie. And it's so, it's so realistic. Like, this movie is not something that's made up. I see the reality in this movie all the time. Mm. And it, it, it's sad. It shows you the constant cycle of how our community happens. But well, don't ruin it because I haven't seen it. So. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to give you too much, but I gave you enough. Just a little, you know, snitch. You know? <laughs> okay, so anyway, what's going on with you? What's new? Any new discoveries? What you've been doing? Like, I know you like to travel, so what's been going on? Well, yeah, you know, I recently traveled to L.A. and um, explored out there. Planning on relocating soon. Possibly as soon as possibly can. Mm -hmm. But it was very um, eye-opening and a life-changing experience. I do feel like that you can make it anywhere. But L.A.? 
oof, it's a different, it's a different kind of feel. You just feel like you feel good. You see these this stuff on TV, and it's like when you see it in person, it really makes you feel like that you can do something. But while I was out there, I did have the chance to meet um, a couple of people, especially Miss Fran from Mass Incarceration Corporation. She keeps in contact with me, let me know what's going on, what stuff, what different types of stuff is going on currently as well. But it's an organization that wants to stop police brutality, and I'm really down for it. And the interesting thing is they group with Wonderland, you know, Janelle Monae's record label, but they came out as a unit, and they really came out and they showed out, and that they showed the importance that the community holds to them, and I, I appreciate them for coming out there. Yeah, I think they did it as a part of their um, their EFIS tour, Wonderland yeah. Records, so Janelle Monae and all of them. So. Yeah, the EFIS tour. Yeah, I saw your little pictures on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now on to the usual. And today the usual is white women taking the look of black women in society and is celebrated. Mm-hmm. Black feminism versus white feminism. Mm-hmm. Black girl can't, but white girl can. Boo, why though? Why though? Let's let's ta- let's tackle that topic. Um, recently in the news, Miss Kylie Jenner, the famous Kardashian clan. Mm-hmm. Well, let's precursor this. Both of us identify as black female so <laughs> yes we do <laughs> we have a unique insight on this so go ahead okay so miss kylie jenner had her some cornrows in and her hashtag was white was white girls do it better now miss beautiful thriving amanda steinberg put her little insert in there honey and she just took it away honey and she just went in on miss kylie <laughs> she did on instagram and she also made a good point is that when they look at us, we, you know, we're obese, we're overweight, we're nasty, disgusting. But it's, they're making themselves up to look like us. Mm-hmm. And recently also on the um, MTV Awards, Miss uh, Miley Cyrus had her little faux locks in her head in the ponytail. Now, this isn't going towards it, but it is a little insert. It was kind of funny when she was saying those things about Nicki Minaj. Well, if you know Nicki, you know how she is. And it was funny to me how Nikki got on the stage and she was like, what's good, Violet? Because it's like you take on, people take on these things. You can't expect to say something about somebody and then it come back and you'd be surprised when they say something back to you. And they would say, oh, she was acting ratchet. Nicki Minaj didn't have to do that. But if it was Nicki Minaj saying something about Miley, they would have been like, Miley, yeah, guess what I'm talking about. You go, girl. You, 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 you know? Well, let me just go ahead right there because I know it was something on Twitter where um, it was Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj. Oh, when the um, nominations came out for the VMAs, mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj didn't get a nomination for a particular award, and she called into me out on it saying that why are the white girls or white people getting nominated for the awards that she should be getting nominated for but basically it's because their videos have been stealing basically like concepts or mm-hmm. whatever goes on the type of videos that like black females do like Nicki Minaj white girls like Taylor Swift they're getting notoriety for mm-hmm. it, as opposed to Nicki Minaj getting her recognition for um, and she based it off of the uh, nomination and whatnot. but I know Nicki Minaj took to Twitter to express her like disagreement with all of this and I, Nicki Minaj 
like quoted the tweet from Ryan Seacrest's either his personal account or his show's account. No, maybe they're the same, maybe they're different. But Ryan Seacrest said that Nicki Minaj like attacks. It was some type of a word there that said Nicki Minaj came at Taylor Swift. You know but, what I'm saying? You know what? But the interesting thing about it was that she did not say Taylor Swift's name. You know, if they feel like it's Taylor Swift, then they feel like it. But I believe it was other videos that were nominated as well. But I do agree with her on this. When you show our culture, when you show, when we do our culture, it's like, oh, they so ghetto. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to say the name of this designer, so forgive me, because I don't like it. Mashiano. Is that it? M-O-S-C-H-I-N. Yeah. Is that it? Mashiano? Machino, somebody. Machino, yeah. They took the look of black women and they use it on the runway and it's celebrated like it's the best thing in the world. But when we look like this, oh my, oh my gosh, she looks so ghetto. Did it is. Oh my gosh, that's so, I would never. But you got runway models walking around looking like us. Yeah, we've seen what Bantu knots. I mean, anything, like anything that black women can do, like naturally with their hair. Yeah. It's being kind of celebrated when a white chick does it. And do you, I mean, you see people clap back on Twitter, like when uh, magazine covers or fashion designers or whatever, they post a picture with the African American inspired, uh-huh. like hairdo, African American inspired attire or whatever. Like people clap back and say, no, you did not invent this. So I think um, they've been taking more heed to it. Because like, it's disheartening. It makes you feel like, it makes you feel like a show monkey. And I use Show Monkey with very strong intent because you're basically telling us that, oh, y'all dress, y'all cool, but we're going to do it better than you. We're going to take, we don't have anything. You know what I'm saying? As a black woman, actually, we've always been used. We've always been degraded. We've always been taught to hate ourselves. And we've always been taught to hate our sisters. So it's very hard when we are trying to come together and get get it together finally you know not necessarily saying i'm saying this in a negative way you know trying to down any other culture because that's not my goal my goal is to uplift my community because at the end of the day i need to have my kids need to have a legacy to live on and look forward to and it's kind of hard when people take what you do and they do it and it's okay for them to do it but with us we're thugs we're killers you know, we don't have any good intentions. You know, it, mm. it 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 hurts. It really does hurt. It hurts to know that people think that black is black women actually are the ugliest things on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like I mean, you always see this discussion on Twitter: are this combativeness, are these debates, or not black feminism versus white feminism? But also, what it comes to mind, you know, we're in ten season right now, and when Serena Williams, like when she won Wimbledon, the attacks that were on her compared to and. Before the um, Wimbledon match even came out, you know how Serena, she didn't even make as much money as, like, I think it was Maria Sharapova. Yeah. This little skinny white girl. So, I mean, and she's one, like, more but than anybody who's that, playing right now. Not only that, this Bruce Jenner, because that's his name, given by his parents at birth, um... He's beautiful, but Serena is built like a man. What kind of twisted society do we live in? This is a beautiful black woman, and because she's black, you cannot give her her accolade. Mm-hmm. Because she's black, you cannot give her the notoriety that she has. When I watched the video the other night, and they, the reporter asked her, who do you want to be like? She said, I want somebody to be like me. Every little girl that picks up a tennis racket does not say they want to be like Maria. They say they want to be like the Williams sisters. They want to be like the best, and, and they, they are the best. Exactly. You cannot compete with that 
You cannot tell me they're not the best. It's just like when Jackie Robinson was coming up, you know, like how they always, uh, I know from the 42 movie, we had the owner or the manager or whatever he was saying, like he was somewhere and the little white boys was trying to act like he was Jackie Robinson. That was like decades ago, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if the intent is to just ignore what black people or black women are doing out there, the origin of some of this stuff, mm-hmm. or if the intent is just to degrade African-American women or what? I mean, I don't understand. Do they know they're doing it? Are they doing it on purpose? That's what I need to understand. I need, I feel like they do know. I mean, can they be that stupid? I think the intent on the situation as a whole, because we have black girl magic. Intimidation. It, yeah. It's, it, you know you cannot walk in the shoes that we walk in. It's a difference. People want to say, it's racism doesn't exist. It's no difference. We're all people. Correct. We are all people. But some people have to wake up out of their bed and think, am I going to see my bed tonight? Not saying that it does not happen to other cultures because that's not what I'm saying. But mainly, it does happen in the African-American community. Not only are you dealing with people from the outside, but you have to deal with people from the inside of the community that don't understand that we need to stop harming each other because we already got enough people coming at us as it is. So I think that people take the um, situation with appropriation and they want to live something because of how they see it on TV. Like with, um, I saw a picture with Chloe and I know it was not Kim, the other one's name. Courtney. Yeah, Courtney. Or Kylie, one, somebody, one of them, I don't know. They were both, I don't follow them like that, I'm Me just either. saying. They were on a boat, and they had Compton hats on. Now, you live about 30, 45 minutes away from Compton if you stay in the Beverly Hills area. How many times have you went into Compton and actually seen these conditions that they're living in? How many times have you went into these inner-city schools and have done handouts, book bag, give bags, food? You want to glorify the pain of the community through our artistic expression, because that's where that's where it comes from. N.W.A. came from pain. Kendrick Lamar, he came from pain. Venus and Serena. Yeah, Venus and Serena came from pain. Not only just in Compton, but other major cities as well. When the art is the only way to get our voice out. So you want to glorify our art, but have you ever stepped in the community and tried to up, help our community build up? You know, mm-hmm. I look up to Kendrick Lamar a lot with his whole. Bread and Blue Reebok ventilator edition that he had. That's amazing. You know, it's showing that we need to come together. This is time. We're going to be all right, <laughs> basically. You know, we need to come together. We got stuff we got to do. Uh, but I feel like as an outsider, if you've never been in a community or visited a community and tried to help a community, you shouldn't glorify the pain of the community because you've never had to experience that pain. Mm-hmm. Bird and Culture is about expression of self and culture that inspires individuals to stay true to themselves. Learn more about Bird and Culture at birdandculture.com and follow the brand on social media at Bird and Culture. That's B-U-R-I-E-D-N-K-U-L-T-U-R-E. Bird and Culture with a K? Well, sure. Definition of culture. So what's the next usual? Okay. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the effects of drugs in society, in different communities. You know, drugs play a big part in prisons, incarceration, and especially in mass incarceration, something that's touched on a lot 
in certain parts of society. Mm-hmm. Um, drugs and popular culture and drugs being a means of discrimination against other people in mm-hmm. different types of ways. Jakia, how do you feel about drugs in today's society or the role they play? Well, I'm kind of conflicted on drugs and the type of role it plays um, because it's like it was a setup because drugs have always been in the lower poverty communities. Um, and the confusion that lies there is how did they get these drugs? Again, specify what you're talking about. You're talking about like how back in what's it, the 80s the or whatever 80s. when mm-hmm. um, drugs like crack were pushed into low-income neighborhoods. Most, most people know them as ghettos or projects mm-hmm. where a lot of black people live. It is said or believed that... Um, the government mm-hmm. basically pushed these drugs into these neighborhoods. So I feel community. like they have affected our community a lot. Um, but sometimes positive light does come out of these effects as well because if you take a look at it, a lot of athletes, um, you know, their parents were drug abusers. You know, they were addicted to drugs. A lot of um, artists, their parents were addicted to drugs. A lot of artists lived in neighborhoods, a lot of people, period, they have some kind of fame nowadays. A lot of them have had drugs in the background of mm-hmm. them, you know, and it's like the effect of drugs, it, it stems, it's, it's multiple ways because in a personal experience, I do have an uncle that is addicted to um, crack. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of, it's weird looking at the effect because it's like, they don't they don't know anything but the drug, you mm-hmm. know. So when they don't get the drug, it's like a person you never seen. You wouldn't be used to the person. Without the drug, they're a nice person. They're you know, it's just a very heavy impact on me personally, poverty lower income communities. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even have to come from lower income. You know, like you just said, your uncle. I don't think your uncle got even like a lower income Well, uh, no, he was like a, what you call it, middle class? Yeah, middle class. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it can't really happen to anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think it didn't become a problem until it started happening to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think drugs have been a long, around for a long time. And when it started affecting upper class um, people in society, just like, uh, you know, other diseases um that it wasn't a problem but now it's a problem Mm -hmm. you know i think the government they have done i mean it's been shown and proven in history that they have done these things just to see the effect is effects of how it what it does to you like the syphilis uh case in tuskegee Mm -hmm. um oh that was some bullcrap yeah and it's very clear to show you how the government uses black people as a pedestal to see what they got going on. But when it starts hitting them, hey, we hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold your horse. We got to stop this. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, I had a personal experience. I was working at this place um, when I was in high school. It was, like, in a neighboring city to my city. And, you know, me, I didn't really know much about drugs at all. And very unlike the kids of these days and time. But I think I was, like, 16, 17, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of the girls who I worked with, she went to the neighboring high school in this town, which is considered to be, um, I guess, more the affluent children went there because it was the same town as the university. Mm-hmm. So I did not know anything about drugs until, like, I really started working there. And, like, mm-hmm. this little white girl and the other white people that worked there, too, they all kind of went to the same high school. Just talking about all these different types of stuff, like shrooms. I'm like, what the heck? My high school was like 80% African American. 
and you know it was also segregated on the inside but um meaning that a lot of white kids were in honors level classes a lot of black kids were in regular classes my first thought was and they think the kids that go to my school are bad but exactly. these kids over here this exactly. other school they out here in the wilderness getting shrooms exactly. i'm like oh my gosh and that's why my eyes are kind of open a little bit and that's the thing it's like a lot of people think that the inner city kids or where the drugs are at now, no. The suburbs, that's where the drugs are now. That's where the hardcore stuff is. I went to school in a, a very um, wealthy uh, area in my high school, you know, junior and senior year. And I feel like that they had more access to anything. They're selling their parents prescription pills. They're selling their parents. They're selling everything. They have money and access to get to these things. In the hood, the only thing that they could do is... They really don't have access to it. If you really think about it, where them get the money from? And they are in the prisons for these long sentences for having like stuff like marijuana exactly. compared to like the folks I knew back in high school in this neighboring town who had all this cocaine, exactly. and they don't even get in trouble. And you see, the thing about it is, to me personally, this is just my opinion. It's not everybody else's opinion. Marijuana, to me, is not considered a drug because, in actuality, it's not addictive unless you... People can depend on different things. People fall dependent. Like somebody may wake up, I need a, I need a cup of coffee every morning to function. To me, that's still an addiction. Marijuana is not necessarily an addicting drug because you can function without it. Crack, these man-made drugs, that's where it goes bad. You put man-made toxins in your body. This is not from the earth. At least marijuana is from the earth. This crack, this cocaine, this heroin, these mollies. I mean, I have recently seen what a molly can do to a person. It's awful. It's disheartening. It's very sad. But it doesn't help that people really, when you listen to music, a lot of people interpret music like, ooh, they be doing it, that's what I'm going to do. And they take they take it to the next level. <laughs> I mean, these rappers, they making their money. They, they selling you dreams and hopes and falsifications that's why i feel like it's important to be socially conscious i wish people would just stop ignoring the fact that you have to be responsible for somebody other than yourself yes. i mean maybe you don't think you are but in reality like you really are just mm -hmm. just suck it up and accept that you are a role model and you do have a social responsibility you have this type of stature as a person so just give it up it's not only celebrities out there who have social responsibility it's people in the neighborhoods who little mm -hmm. kids look up to it's people in city councils and small towns everywhere there's a leader somewhere but just because you're a celebrity that does not mean that you do not have to have a social responsibility. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have a social responsibility just like the mayor in Tippinock, Georgia mm -hmm. has a social responsibility because people are always watching. I feel like we have a responsibility to help each other be the best that we can be. And I also feel like in, in, in some time a person has to take responsibility for their action. I understand when you say the social responsibility and that is true. You don't want to portray what you're not doing. Don't make something selling your soul, you know, just to get money. But I, at the end of the day, I feel like as a person, I mean, I have been around a lot of stuff. Sometimes I wonder how I got out of it. But I have never succumbed to the pressures of popping or theism, like they say in the Bay Area. It was a lot of theism out there. I've never popped a pill. Mm -hmm. I've never snorted a line. And I have never smoked a rock. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't want I I kind of don't want to say this, but I don't know. Maybe we just in a minority, like where we just above the influence. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of people who really are not above the influence, and they just succumb to peer pressure mm-hmm. or whatever they think they need to be doing. Or they're not making decisions based on what they really want for themselves. So I don't know. Maybe there's a minority of people out there that are above the influence. I think more so when people do these activities, they do it to for notoriety. <laughs> they do it to be seen. They do it to fit in. But you have to think, we have so many different types of, you don't even have to be in no group. You can just be yourself. That's the thing where I think the drugs really has a big thing on the community is people don't know how to be themselves. Because if you think about it, in NWA, the only person that slung crack was Easy E. Ice Cube didn't do it, but he wrote the album, most of the album, and he talked about what he saw in his neighborhood that was going on. But Easy is the only one who did it. So everybody that comes from a impoverished area is not a crack slinger, you know. Kendrick Lamar definitely says he grew up in a cul-de-sac and uh, he doesn't sling crack. This, this is not a rap about slinging crack, you know. And I think that people get a complex that they think that in order to be somebody, they have to do something like that. Because you think about it, everybody trapping now. But what you trapping? You could be a trapper, but I know everybody ain't trapping drugs. <laughs> you know, you can <laughs> trap on your artistic abilities, you know. If you out there working, doing your thing, and your, whatever business you got going on, that's trapping. One of my friends, she'll put on Snapchat at the trap. She's a teacher. Mm-hmm. So she's at the trap. She's teaching these kids, mm-hmm. helping them to be the best they can be. Yeah. But, you know, she's above the influence also. Yeah, and it's hard because um, a lot of people don't think like that. When I get around certain people, not even people I hang around initially, but if you go somewhere, you know, you go into a house party, there's a lot of people around there. Or you go into a little event, it's a lot of different people. But at my place of work, it's just I look around and I sit and I see how the impact can be of you trying to fit in with everybody else. Well, I just want to say before we sign off on the usual is don't do drugs because it's just so discouraging. Just be your authentic self. Stay away from it. Alcohol is a drug. Is it not? It 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 is. is. Alcohol is a drug. Do not do drugs. I've seen the impact it can have on older people as well as children. Mm -hmm. And that was the most disheartening thing for me to have to experience witnessing a child have to go through that. Um, numerous occasions when they just have no idea because they're not above the influence even though they believe they are. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, if you are in the drug game, get out because what does it lead to? You're going to go to prison or you're going to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, even this is a Washington American gangster. But yeah, I know children who have gotten killed and they're not poor children. These children drive around these little nice trucks, nice cars mm-hmm. and all these type of things. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Um, they just want to fit in. And, then, and what are you fitting but, into? If you just grow up in this environment you just know all these things are going to happen so just stay away from it if you do just help the world be a better place not a worse place say awkward moments so i've just got notification that bruce jenner tweeted that he's against gay marriage um but bruce you or a man that wanted to be a woman. I'm confused. Please enlighten me on your beliefs against gay marriage and you wanted to be a woman. No matter what you say, 
Oh, what you do, oh, where you go, or how you pray. Somebody's gonna feel some kind of way. Somebody's gonna feel some kind of way about you. Okay, anyway, so I went to the EFIS <laughs> tour this past week. Uh, Wonderland presents the EFIS, you know, Wonderland's Jam, Wonderland's record label. And they had Deep Cotton, Satan PT, Roman John Arthur, Jadena, and of course, Janine Wonderland. But anyway, when I was just singing, that came from Jadena, his song, Some Kind of Way. And we're going to play you a little clip of that so you can hear. But yeah, the, the tour was just very inspirational. Very yes, inspirational. Was. If you went, I know you have nothing but good things to say about it. If you didn't have a chance to go, make sure you catch these people wherever you can, the nearest city to you, because it's more than just a show. It's mm -hmm. an experience. It really is. So get a part of the Wonderland experience. And I'm going to close out with, no matter what happens today, Tomorrow I can always be better. Every day you get up out your bed, you should strive to greatness. If you got a 9 to 5, hey, and you're creative, work that 9 to 5. That's not your permanent destination. You know exactly what you're passionate about. And as long as you keep passionate about that, you will it will come true. Trust me because it's coming true. And that is our last words of wisdom and knowledge as we close it out. Closing with encouragement. Yeah, closing with encouragement. That's what we're doing. We want to encourage all our listeners to be better and to continue to strive. Even though I usually don't do this, talk about all this stuff, I usually do and try to always be encouraging. That is true. Very enlightened spirit. <laughs> Goodbye, Jakeem. <laughs> that was good.